you gotta ask yourself, do we have a qualification problem because we're spending so much time chasing the forecast and we're not spending enough time talking about deals early? You're listening to the Audible Ready Podcast, the show that helps you and your teams sell more faster. We'll feature sales leaders sharing their best insights on how to create a sales engine that helps you fuel repeatable revenue growth. Presented by the team at Force Management, a leader in B2B sales effectiveness. Let's get started. Hello, and welcome to the Audible Ready Podcast. I'm Rachel Kleppmiller, joined today by Brian Walsh. Hello. Hi, Brian. Meaty topic today, Brian. I hope you're yeah. ready. Yeah, yeah, I am. I, well, I think I'm ready. Let's go. <laughs> yeah. So today, we are going to talk about how sales messaging and sales qualification intersect in a sales initiative. And we're, we're diving into this topic because it's one of our most frequently asked questions from, from people who are coming in from our website or are, are talking to our delivery experts and our salespeople. For, for us, those two initiatives are command of the message and command of the sale, and often medic or medpick. You know, in any company lifecycle stage, there are challenges that come when you're trying to write the course in your sales organization or drive scalable growth and defining where those gaps are, the opportunities lie within a sales process is a complication sales leaders and executives um, often struggle with. And determining which sales initiative will drive the most impactful results takes careful consideration. It often comes down to, you know, dissecting an organization's current challenges. And the truth is one initiative, a sales messaging initiatives or sales qualification issue complements the other. And we find power obviously when they're executed together. But today we're going to break down the positive business outcomes of each initiative and talk through talk through them with Brian and help you determine which which type of initiative will enable your organization to course correct or drive scalable growth. Brian You've worked with a lot of companies and a lot of these types of initiatives. I'd yep. like to start with you talking about what makes sense when, and um, maybe with sales message, or if you want to give some opening comments yep. too, that's great. Yeah. Well, first of all, great opening. I, I just, it's such a, it is a very heavy topic because, you know, it's easy to say things like, well, you know, one is about execution. The, the other's about strategy. Well, that's, that's actually not true. They're actually both about strategy and execution, right? So, uh, or you can say, well, one's customer facing and one's internal facing. Well, that's true, but they still go hand in glove. So you really need to think through which one of these do I need first and how do I kind of think through the, 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 the map of how I get from where I am to whatever that endpoint vision is in terms of, you know, chicken, egg, horse, cart, et cetera, et cetera. So if, if you think about it, like the first thing you got to do is you kind of said this, you really got to get your arms around what's the struggle we're really trying to address and what happens if we don't address it effectively? Because a lot of times people will be like, well, it's both, you know, the struggle is we don't, we don't have great messaging. Therefore we don't have great sales conversations with customers. And two, we don't have really great qualification skills. So a lot of times we're, we're uh, spinning our wheels on opportunities either too, for too long or deals that we don't even belong in, et cetera. So it's both. And look, I think to try to do both of these at the same time is a really heavy lift. It can be done, but you know, there's a lot going on here. So I really do think if at all possible, you should be looking to prioritize this. And I think by understanding the pain associated with what's happening and not effectively dealing with it, 
and what the, as you said right before you pulled me in, what are the outcomes you're trying to drive? You got a higher likelihood of making the right choice first, right? The, the good news is if you need both, when it's all said and done, I think the really good news is you can't go wrong by doing one of them, right? <laughs> right? Meaning, yeah. meaning it's, it's, it's inaction that will actually kill you, right? Mm -hmm. Do at least do one of them and do it well. And I can give, I can give you an example of that maybe on the back end of this that really had a, a great impact on a client of ours. So, so, so let's start with the, the client conversation, right? The, the customer conversation. If that's the challenge, right? What, what you got to be thinking about is, um, or if you're trying to think through that challenge, you should be asking yourself things like, what's our ability to repeatedly gain access to um, not just technical buyers and decision makers, but the economic and key decision makers. Because, you know, command of the message is all about, I like to say, winning both sides of the coin. It's about winning the technical deal, but it's also about winning the business deal all at the same time, right? Our reps getting delegated down to people lower in the organization because that's how they talk. They can, they can only have the technical conversation the lower level conversation, they can't have the business conversation. Are we selling feature function or are we actually able to attach what we do to out business outcomes, revenue, cost, and risk? Are we able to attach to bigger problems? Again, revenue, cost, and risk problems that will open up more doors, right? And last but not least, how long are our deals taking and what, what's happening inside of that? Are we are we getting our heads bashed in at the negotiation table over price? Um, are, do we have a win rate that's significantly lower than what it should be because of benchmarks that we understand in the, in the marketplace or just our gut, those kinds of things? I think those are the things that will lead you down the road of saying, okay, this is a customer conversation message problem that really needs to be addressed. And by, by doing that, by really getting your arms around the sales messaging and how your folks have these conversations over the course of a deal pursuit with multiple people inside of a client's organization, right, you can then start to create a tool set that reps can go back to time and time again and replicate those great conversations. Because that's, that's the beauty of command of the message. Command of the message identifies the fact that, hey, for sellers that look like this in our organization, we know that a lot of the conversations are often going to be centered around the same sets of, of, um, of, bull, of points that the customer cares about. How do we build content that, that serves the rep in 75 or 85% of the conversations they're going to find themselves in that allows them to help the customer create value first before we try to attach ourselves and our products and services to that value? That's, I think, the command of the message, customer conversation path that, or, or, or sets of things that get you on that path, if that makes sense. Right. I think, you know, to what you are saying, if you're too, you can be selling a deal too low in an organization and yeah. still qualify it, right? Yeah. But it's it's yeah. not the best deal uh, because you aren't having the right conversations. Is another way to look at this, Brian, just to see, think about why you're, why are you losing deals that you think you should, should be winning? Is it because you're not qualifying them or are you not even in the right conversations to begin with? Yeah. I mean, I think th that is a good way to think about it. It's like, um, what's happening in our deals. If we're winning deals, but we're, we're, we're getting beat up on margin, right. Or, 
uh, other things like that, or the deals are taking too long. The thing I would say to, to a seller who has a deal stuck in pipeline, as an example, I'll be, I'll, I'll, you know, I'll say, do you have any deals that are stuck in pipeline? And they'll be like, oh yeah, these two, three deals are stuck. And I'll, I'll just say, listen, two questions. One, what's the biggest business problem you're attaching to? And two, how big is it? And often they can't answer the first question, let alone the second. Mm-hmm. And like, that's a great example, even though uh, identified pain lives in medic, but, but, you know, command of the message is really the skill set that helps you identify and have the conversation around the biggest business problem and or the uh, impact of that and how big it is in terms of revenue, cost, or risk. So there are some questions I can ask that will start to lead me to, is this a qualification problem or is this a skill set problem around the quality of the conversations I'm having? And that idea of the rep even being able to articulate for you what the problem is and how big it is or who owns it, right? Or what are the business outcomes the client's really trying to drive to and how have we influenced that conversation? What points of view have we shared with the client that has allowed them to expand their thinking past where they thought they could go to a place that they didn't even realize was possible until we entered the conversation? It's how are we impacting or influencing the required capabilities to not only serve the customer's best interest, but also help the customers start to realize when we start talking about ourselves that we do some things in a highly differentiated manner. Those are the things that tell me that this is about the conversation skill set, not about our ability to qualify uh, the deal. Yeah. So let's let's go ahead and shift to qualification. Um, okay. Let's make let's make that pivot. And yep. for for sales qualification, as you said, you're really looking at how the deal is progressing once right. you have those things identified. Yep. Yep. And, and so if you're thinking that way, like if you're wondering if that's my problem or the thing I need to be focused on, you know, there's probably a handful of questions you, you need to be looking at. One is how much time are we spending on deals that we don't even belong in or that are never going to happen? And every sales leader listening to this knows exactly what I'm talking about. You have, you've got deals in pipeline that you're looking at in either because of history in that account or history with that seller or just an understanding of the marketplace, you're like, that is a deal we, we have no business even being in and we allow the rep to hold on to it as long as possible, right? Mm-hmm. Even knowing that the likelihood of winning it is, is, next to, is next to nil. The other, I think, the, attached to that closely is the, the ability of the rep to know when to walk away, right? And the difference between qualifying out a deal versus qualifying out one person in the deal. Because, right? mm-hmm. you know, most B2B deals have five plus, maybe many more people impacting or touching the discussion, whether we ever meet them or not. And, you know, we have, I think, a tendency sometimes to qualify a deal out because we met one person that we just didn't really think cared, wanted to do business, understood the problem, whatever it is. We didn't connect with them. And therefore, we qualify the entire deal out, right? There, that's a skill set in and of itself, qualifying yeah. the deal out versus the person. You know, I think the other big thing is you really got to ask yourself, this is kind of, I'm, I'm going to try to explain this one as best I can. You got to ask yourself, do we have a qualification problem because we're spending so much time chasing the forecast and we're not spending enough time talking about deals early? And here's what I mean by that. Most organizations, in the B2B space forecast their business quarterly. And as a result, 
every 90 days, this uh, cycle starts all over again. The first couple of weeks of the quarter, you're, for, you're doing the forecast for the quarter. Then the next uh, few weeks of the quarter, everybody's forgotten about the forecast. And before you know it, there's four weeks left in the quarter and everybody's losing their mind because we've only written 30% of the forecast for the quarter. And, you know, and it's just this uh, ever constant uh, flywheel that is, it's just, it's so, it's just so, um, gosh, I wish I could think of the right word. It just, it, it can wreak havoc on, on a sales team and a sales organization versus the point of view that, that I, I had a manager, Freddie Thomas, who used to literally come out of his office on the first day of the quarter and he would start yelling at the top of his voice that the quarter was the quarter was over. The quarter is over. And and the point that he was making to everybody was, listen, the quarter is already basically done. Like if we really know our if we really know our business, sure, there's a chance some, you know, as we used to call them cats and dogs, some some other deals might come into the quarter. That's great. And if they do, we should pull them in. But the deals that are going to make or break the quarter, you know, the 20% of the deals that make up 80% of the quarter kind of thing, those are the deals that have no business being in the forecast unless we're 100% sure they're going to happen. So the forecast is what the forecast is. Let's go do what we can to add a little bit more to it. But what we really should be doing on day two of the quarter is we should be having these kinds of conversations about the deals for next quarter while we're out closing this quarter. And if I could wave a magic wand on any sales organization, <laughs> the one thing I would, I would get them to do really, really well is this very concept, which is bite the bullet for two quarters. Because to do this well, it's going to take a couple quarters to get over the hump. But bite the bullet for a couple of quarters so that you can turn your rhythm into one that says, at the beginning of the quarter, the forecast that we deliver, we are highly, highly confident in. I'm talking... Two to five percent plus or minus making or, or missing the quarter, uh, missing the number. So that really what you can do in the given quarter is start focusing on the deals that are going to make or break the next quarter. Yeah. Does that make sense? And that's where great qualification skills come into play. Qualifying deals in quarter is like, it's nothing more than a fire drill. Yeah. And a hope <laughs> and a prayer, you know, if it's, if it's a deal of any consequence. Well, you know, as you were talking to that, talking about that, I've interviewed some of our customers for testimonials where they may have implemented a medic or a sales process and they say, our, actually, our pipeline went down Yep. because we did this, but it's real pipeline. Yeah, that's, what, that's the other thing that will happen if you're, mm -hmm. if you're willing to do this well for a quarter or two, you'll see a true up of your pipeline. The bad news is you'll see a lot of deals slide left. Right, because people are being honest with themselves and they're saying this deal really isn't as far along as I thought it was. The good news is you'll see a few deals slide right because your sandbaggers now will not have a place to hide their deals. That's that's, that's the good news. The other good news is you, over the course of a couple quarters, you can teach some skill by doing this well, so that forevermore, when a sales rep magically moves a deal two stages to the right, and I haven't talked to the rep about that deal in a couple of weeks. I have 100% confidence when I happen to notice that the rep moved the deal in Salesforce in the pipeline from, you know, uh, from discovery to negotiate, whatever the sales stages are, that I have high confidence that that's truly where the deal is because the rep knows what it means to truly put the deal there. We have complete agreement 
as to what it means from a qualification standpoint, not just based on what we've done, but things that the customer has done to move the deal forward. That's the beauty of doing this well over, over 120 days. Yeah. 180 days, maybe. <laughs> so, you know, both sales messaging and qualification can really move the needle for organizations yep. in, in different ways. Yep. I'd love to hear you just summarize a little bit how you see those two coming together for a sales organization. Okay. So command of the message is how do I have a conversation with someone or a group of someone's at the client, right? How do I have a conversation to go back and forth between all of the different components of the opportunity that should matter, not just to me, the seller, but more importantly to the customer to help them get to a great outcome. How do I do it? What's the skill set around how I talk to you, how I communicate with you, how I bring stories into the conversation, how I do great discovery, how I bring our differentiation to the table in a way that helps you think through it uh, for your own benefit before I talk about something that we happen to do in a special way. Medic and command of the sale is, how do I take everything I'm learning from those conversations, bring it back into my organization so that the team that's working on a deal can look at everything and say, one, based on what we know and what we don't know yet, do we, can we make an educated decision at this point in time and other points in time going forward as to whether or not one, we belong in this deal, right? And that's going to change over time, right? As I learn more early on in the deal, it's probably yes, yes, yes. Then there's going to come up like a point where I'm going to have to look at everything and go, is this patient going to require some major surgery? Is this patient still doing just fine? Or is this patient not going to make it and we need to cut our losses, right? That's really what I'm doing here by qualifying in or out. So by, by taking all this command of the message stuff back in-house, the first thing I can do is make good decisions over time as to whether or not we belong in this deal or not. Assuming we do, the second thing this, this thing medic and command of the sale does is it takes everything I've learned about the deal through all these great conversations I've had with the customer and it helps me realize, okay, so based on what I know and what I don't know, what are the most critical things to go do next to help the client move this deal forward? And then the third thing it does for me is it helps me when I get ready to start putting that, that thing into a forecast, it gives me a heck of a lot more confidence and conviction that I'm actually putting it in the forecast at the right time and for the right reasons. Yeah. That's the difference. But the two go hand in glove. Sure. I think though, as you, you know, if you look at it from how you just kind of walk through it, it's really tough to qualify the right deals if you don't have the right message for the for the buyer to have the right conversation. Do you think that's where most companies should look at first? Does that stop the bleeding faster? What's your take on that? Maybe. <laughs> depends on your pain points, right? I should well, go back to what I said. Yeah, I mean, yeah I, I, it is such, it's, it's such a great question. It's like all things being equal, which would I do first? If you're asking me it that way, mm -hmm. um, I would say, yes, start with, start with something around what we would call command of the message. How do I get my people comfortable and confident in having great conversations with multiple levels of people in their clients? Because without those conversations, it's really hard to go qualify whether or not I belong in this deal, what I should do next, and whether or not I can call the deal in the forecast, right? Yeah. So if you forced me to say which one, 
and I and you gave me the the caveat that all things are equal, I'd say it's command of the message. Okay. But right. But like you said something about stopping the bleeding, right? Yeah. And so let me just a short story. I don't know. I I better not use their name, but we have a client um, still engaged with them today in the software space, SaaS software space, and they decided to do command of the message and medic at the same time. Uh, so we were doing all, a bunch of work on the front end to get them ready and create content. We were going to. This is late October, and they weren't going to do training until their sales kickoff in uh, January. And we were at the at the workshop, and their their CEO and other co-founder and another twelve or so people were there at the workshop, head of sales. And they said, I they it was early fourth quarter for them. They still had two uh, months left in the quarter, and they said, I wish there was something we could do right now to just get some lift in Q4. And uh, we were talking about it, and I said, Hey, we don't want sales managers thinking they have to teach this stuff. And everybody agreed. I said, But what if we could get your sales managers really comfortable with medic right now so that they could take the two or three deals or four deals per team. And there was really two to four deals per team that we're going to make or break the quarter and get them comfortable coaching these deals using medic right now. And they loved that idea. So I stayed an extra day. We did a live medic session with those managers we made it clear that they shouldn't be or t trying to use this lingo or anything like that. But we taught them how to qualify deals using Medic and then use what they learned in these conversations with a sales rep and the rest of the account team to create executable action in front of the customer. What, what, not only what do you go do next, but how do you have this conversation? You got to go have a conversation about the pain. You got to go have a conversation about the, uh, metrics you got to go meet the economic buyer here's how we should go about doing that so they went through and did that and they had a stellar fourth quarter and when we got to the kickoff the cro and the ceo were able to stand up and say hey everybody remember these deals that we were having these sessions on that's what we're about to do for lots of our deals because we were using what you're about to learn this week so it was a really great example of how you can do some things while you're trying to launch something like this company-wide to make an immediate impact at one level or another all the way down to the individual deal. So, that, and it's, it's just another example of, you know, think creatively when you're launching something like this. There's multiple ways to come up with some short-term wins so that when you actually, and, and build some momentum so that when you actually get to the event, you got people who can stand up and say, hey, I've been doing this for 45 days. Let me tell you what I've already been able to get out of it kind of thing. Right. So, That's a great point, Brian. There you have it. That's what <laughs> I got. Right. Well, I will say you made many great points in our conversation today. Thank you for running through that with me. My pleasure. Thanks for having me. You know, I love talking to you about this. Well, we love having you. And thanks to all of you for listening to the Audible Ready podcast. See ya. At Force Management, we're focused on transforming sales organizations into elite teams. Our proven methodologies deliver programs that build company alignment and fuel repeatable revenue growth. Give your teams the ability to execute the growth strategy at the point of sale. Our strength is our experience. The proof is in our results. Let's get started. Visit us at forcemanagement.com. You've been listening to the Audible Ready Podcast. To not miss an episode, subscribe to the show in your favorite podcast player. Until next time.